Hello, I'm Colin Gilchrist, CEO and founder of Union Kitchen. And this is Food Founders, stories from launch to scale. In this episode, we speak with Dave Burson and Nadine Calderon, co-founders of Rebel Snacks. Dave and Nadine met in 2014, and they bonded over their love for food, nutrition, and the keto diet. After experimenting in their home kitchens, Dave and Nadine launched Rebel Snacks in 2017 to create keto-friendly snacks for everyone. Fast forward to today, and Rebel Snacks is available nationwide. Hey guys. Hey. It's great to have you here on the Food Founders Podcast and uh, get to talk about your guys' business. Excited to be here. So I'm going to take a stab at this, but uh, you guys are Rebel Snacks, and you're aiming to satisfy sweet cravings without sugar. And so for me, what that means is you guys are a snack company, and you're making keto, paleo, and low-sugar products. You've got some, you'd like to do more. Exactly. That's, that's exactly who we are. So uh, let's just start with some quick introductions. I'm Dave. I am one of the co-founders of Rebel Snacks um, and the CEO and um, all things founder involved in, in operations. And I'm Nadine and I'm also the co-founder and I'm the director of partnerships. And so uh, you guys are co-founders and partners in this business. And a lot of folks that we work with aren't starting as a, a partnership or they're, they're not a partnership. So uh, how do you guys get to meet each other and we'll kind of work through this, but the kind of story of starting this business. But first, just how would you meet each other? <laughs> it's a funny story and we're going to give you like the highlight version because it yeah. has many details. But yeah. basically, we met through mutual friends while I was starting English in um, Georgetown taking classes there and Dave was kind of like I just moved to Washington DC starting my first job out of college and long story short we were tag-alongs on blind date Um, (laughs) mutual friends who had met in one of the online dating apps and didn't want to meet each other like without one-on-one and so we happened to be the two that they brought along as the the extras funny that because their date went Terribly, and ours was like hitting it off. Then, um, uh, it worked out for us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys did it, start a business and so on and so forth. Yes. That's right. Yes. That's right. And here we are. Here we awesome. are. So we talked a little bit about background, but so you you, you were working, uh, what, what, what were you doing? I was a biomedical so? engineer, um, had FDA. Um, so yeah, working in the medical device space. Okay. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. And I was working as a Spanish teacher. My first job here in the United States, um, fresh out of college, kind of, trying yeah. to find my path to. <laughs> what, what, just, what were you studying in school? I, when I started industrial engineering. Okay, so two engineers mm-hmm. of sorts. Yeah, yes. but food lovers, though. <laughs> food lovers. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's a great part of your story. We were talking about that earlier. So you, you guys met and uh, you, you had a passion for food. Yeah. And um, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So yeah. we both, after we met, we both realized that one, we didn't know how to cook good meals. <laughs> I was meals. making frozen, frozen pizzas every day. Uh, yeah. Know, anything else you can pull out of the freezer aisle. Yeah. Giant. He, he was very good at that. <laughs> and it wasn't impressive to her, so I had to figure it out. <laughs> mm, but yeah, and I was like making smoothies and nothing very nutritious. and Sugary smoothies. Sugary smoothies, as they yeah. called him. And everything I was eating was low fat, actually. So okay. we uh, were like, 
when we started learning about keto, um, that changed very quickly after that. But uh, basically our, our parents and David's family, we had some family members that had struggled with diet-related disease uh, in the past. And we knew like if we didn't pay attention to what we were eating, we will end up, you know, like my dad or like um, people that we knew and loved. So we took a step into, you know, like being charged of our diet, learning, informing ourselves and learning how to cook. Like yeah. in a good way, kind of. Yeah. Healthy. So yeah, curious about like learning how to do things for ourselves. Um, and we were getting really interested in this low carb keto movement through podcasts, other things we were paying attention to. Is this, is this, is this 2016, 2017? 2016, 2015. So people started learning yeah. about that sort of stuff then. Exactly. Yeah. Which was in contrast to like a lot of the diet advice out there. And, yeah. The one um, you told me I should stop uh, buying low fat yogurt i was very shocked i was like wait but everything is supposed to be low fat you know like right. my my yogurt my cheese and then he's like no this is the keto diet set tells you to yeah, eat high fat coconut oil in the coffee and oh some my god really, that, that was, was terrible that is a tough my doctors told me i gotta do lower fat yeah. i know i know well you do you kind of like make the relationship between healthy and low fat so when someone tells you no actually to eat healthier you actually need to incorporate healthy fats it's very shocking if you never if you're not familiar with that mm -hmm. so that that was like a big change for us but we we did it and yeah so it, really we were just kind of experimenting and started feeling better like low, less sugar less like processed carbs less frozen pizza mm -hmm. um and more whole foods. Yeah, more, more well, whole I, foods. I actually think this is a really important thing kind of in the entrepreneurial journey because you guys are entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. And you weren't. Yeah. Yeah. And you've journeyed towards it. And I, I hear this all the time from others. And it's, it's that moment when you realize the things that you knew maybe weren't right. Yeah. And you didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you started, you started to try doing something different. Yeah. Right? And that's an important step in that. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, well, we're going to do this keto thing. That other stuff we've heard isn't right because we're doing keto and yeah. we feel good good yeah yeah and especially after we realized that you know like there was nothing in the grocery stores that we could buy that was that we were able to fit in the diet like it was very hard and we both have sweet tooth like we mm -hmm. like sweets and treats and desserts and we had to make everything from scratch and we're like we don't always have the time to buy to make everything like we wish there was something that we could go to a grocery store and get that healthy low sugar low carb dessert and that's when it kind of clicked to us that okay well later after but we started experimenting our kitchen making the dessert for ourselves and after like a year or so we kind of thought that could be a good idea that so other have, people. So you have this realization, you know, that, that drives you to keto, maybe something better, something different. Mm -hmm. Then you have this problem mm -hmm. and you feel it acutely. It's your life. And so then you start working on like a personal solution for it. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Essentially, we started just researching uh, all the food bloggers out there. Like mm -hmm. there, there's this like keto community out there and, and like other people have sweet cravings. So how are they doing it? Um, and we just started learning mainly about um, the non sugar sweetener space, like yeah. that ingredient stack that is out there. And um, there's been a lot of developments, I think, in the last five or so years, 10 years. Um, that have enabled like these really uh, delicious, sweet flavor profiles that don't have all the sugar that 
you know, it's traditionally used to make a, a brownie, a cookie, ice yeah. cream, all those things. Yeah. And so um, you can buy these things on Amazon back in 2016. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we were doing and just making stuff at home. And we're like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like this tastes almost as good as, you know, the things that we were having and, and loved previously. I'm impressed you had things that taste amazing at first. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine you said terrible things at first. It was a lot of trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But quickly afterwards, it was like, wow, this is good. Like we don't miss the sugars desserts anymore. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can just kind of swap directly with sugar for these other types of ingredients. And it doesn't always work out perfectly, but they're good enough that, yeah. that you can make something that tastes pretty good yeah. at home. Decent. Mm-hmm. That's what you did. That's what we did. And then that's how the mousse, the first product, you know, like our idea for the mousse was the dessert that we really work on for like a year, developed the recipe, tweaked things, experimented with like shelf life and expiration dates. And just to be clear, you came up with a, like a, a chocolate mousse that was low sugar or no sugar? Yeah, yeah. No sugar, a coconut base, so it was plant-based, paleo, like all the, like, you know, like the three things that we really stand for, which are like low carb paleo meaning clean ingredients and plant-based um yeah so that's that was kind of our first idea like our first product to be that's right until yeah. we met so that, that's how we met you guys right <laughs> that's right and you said hey we've been doing this thing and no one makes it and this must be a great idea for business mm-hmm. exactly and then we presented to you our baby moose idea that we've been working on for a year and two other ideas that we kind of scrap, like put together two nights before we're like okay let's give them options but we're pretty sure they're gonna choose the moose because we've been working yeah. on that moose for a year and then uh, the, um, you and Elena were like mm, you know the moose actually is not the the good option let's go with the bites and then we were like okay let's let's work on that recipe but it, it all worked out it's just funny to think about how much time we put into developing the recipe for the mousse and that we went with like com- something completely new for us well i think that's such an important theme in being an entrepreneur starting a business especially in the stuff we do like food for consumers mm-hmm. is you can have all the ideas in the world you can work so hard and no one really cares at the end of the day they just care do they want it or not want it yeah Yeah. and so for us we're like well you know this is hard and that was your first time and it was not shelf stable like you know and shipping we didn't know we were like so we wanted to be an e-commerce company yeah (laughs) (laughs) and ship yeah like we were not being realistic so you were there to you know like be okay we need to you know yeah we don't want you to kill anyone yes exactly that's always been important <laughs> okay, cool. So, so we, we send you away and say, Jesus, terrible idea, but um, thanks for trying. And you come back yeah. with uh, these bites. Yeah. That is yeah. kind of the core of the company right now, right? Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. 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 We were inspired, I think, by some other companies, not in the low carb or keto space, but doing these kind of dessert type of bite products that, yeah. um, you know, we were finding in Whole Foods or other kind of natural food channels. Yeah. And uh, we thought yeah, we could do something like this mm-hmm. that, you know, tastes really good, and uh, but without the sugar. Yeah. Um, so, so, so describe the bite. So we make a line of nut butter filled coconut bites. They're in four flavors now. The initial idea was just a, a chocolate kind of almond butter stuffed bite, almost like a Kind of like a Reese's cup, but, okay. but less candy, form. more in like a, you know, an energy bite format. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we're coming at it from like a luxurious dessert, you know, these things, 
not on the market. There's a mm-hmm. gap, and like we want to be able to give people that indulgence without yeah. all the sugar and refined carbs and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So the, then we developed it three other uh, flavors. Uh, we wanted to launch with four, and yeah. then after that, we developed the double dark chocolate, sneaker doodle, and matcha latte. Yeah. They go with the, uh, the chocolate almond butter one. That's the first yeah, one. Yeah, that was nice. the first one. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. What's your favorite one? Mine, double dark. <laughs> I'm also a double dark chocolate. Uh, unless in the mornings, I'll go with matcha. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Nice. And um, the, the matcha is the newer one, right? No. Matcha and snickerdoodle are kind of okay. like, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're very good. And um, every time I, someone who's, you know, experimenting or learning about keto, they basically start with you guys. Oh, that's, that's. <laughs> you're, you're like the entree into it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's our mission. I think. To um, make it easier for everybody, you know. Yeah. I remember we had someone on the team, um, Andrew, who was basically eating like five packs a day at one point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We don't recommend that, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have to advise that. No, don't try at home. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so you've heard it here. Don't do that. One pack. Yeah. One pack. One, one pack. judge. But every day. Every day. That's <laughs> right. And get a subscription. Yeah. That's right. It's cheaper. All right. Cool. So anyways, you, you figure out the products. And uh, everyone's like, yeah, this actually does work. It's something that exists in the market already, Bites. Mm-hmm. It's in a format that, you know, is manufacturable. Mm-hmm. At least there's a line of sight towards it. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. others are doing it. Mm-hmm. Clearly, there's evidence that this is something people want. Mm-hmm. Except you guys are also, you know, answering the problem of uh, sugar and mm-hmm. diet and those things. And so, boom, you've got this product. And uh, you launch. Of course, you, you're you're going to launch it with us. Yes. But so, just tell me, tell me a little bit about like kind of getting it into a package, and then with us, and then I kind of want to talk about you know getting other people to buy it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so going from we've got the product, getting it into a package that you could actually sell. Yeah. How was that? Did that take you like a day? Did it take you a year? I mean, what was that process? It took a few months to. Yeah, First, this like, is really, and um, thinking about partnerships, something that I would have been very bad at, but Nadine was very good at. And I think she has an intuitive sense of design and um, kind of, or, or the network of people to go to, to make something look really nice from a design packaging perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it probably took us a, a, a couple of months, months with iterations of the designer, but relatively quickly, we were able to go from we think we have a good product. Now let's, you know, put a package around it and, and get it on a, on a grocery store yeah. shelf. First logo, you know, first logo, then packaging, uh, like the process that you go into. But um, of course, like as we were telling you early, like the first time without really knowing uh, how the product will behave from like going from unit kitchen where we make it to like actually the shelves of the grocery stores so many things we didn't know about the product and so many things went wrong Uh, and it was a good learning experience because for example the packaging we wanted people to be able to see into the product um and that was a bad idea (laughs) because you could look into it and it would uh it would be smudged like maybe like greasy that's right yeah and matcha turns this nasty gray color when it's exposed to light light. so yeah Yeah. and then they were 
gray matcha bar, matcha bites, and yeah. we're like, what's happening? And then we have to research, and yeah, it's matcha is very sensitive to the light, and we're like, okay, we need to remove the window ASAP. And then we also realized that they needed a tray to hold the shape. Uh, that was very important, and those changes were happening, you know, as we were learning, but definitely quickly. Yeah, we, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't wait a year. Oh yeah, yeah, that. no, you saw months. That. Changed it. Yeah. 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 We didn't want people to, because we launched locally in just a few stores. That was like a good thing instead of just going like huge. Yeah. And just like having that, um, the fact that like it was easy for us to implement changes and just, for example, order 2000 bags at a time and, Mm -hmm. or less, you know, it was more expensive that way, but also that was what allowed us to make those changes on time. It gives you the confidence to constantly change as you listen to the market. Because you make this product, you've said this before, you make a product and go to market. Mm -hmm. And no matter what you think, no matter how hard you've worked, it's up to the market now. Exactly. And yeah, they were showing you these things. And Mm -hmm. some were obvious, like the the window. Mm -hmm. Some were less obvious, you know, like how they were stacking or how people were eating them or, you know, how they were storing it when they took it home. Yeah, or a lot of people didn't know what they were. So yeah, it yeah. took us a lot of like many iterations to get the wording right. Because although, for example, we had coconut bites in the front, maybe it wasn't the right size, and people that didn't like coconut will like try them and they'll be, oh my gosh, this has coconut in it. And like they didn't like them and were like, well, they're coconut bites, <laughs> you know, like you have to read it. But you know, maybe it wasn't like the right side. Yeah. So it's not, it's not their fault. It was kind yeah. of like us learning about exactly. what is the first thing you see when you see the packaging. But, exactly. It, that's a fun thing I think about this entrepreneurial journey again, like uh, the process of creating and knowing, but then you have to be humble yeah. to just stop what's in your head and just listen. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if you think they should know it says coconut bites. What yeah. matters is do they know? Yeah. And how do you redesign for the, for the user, for mm-hmm. their experience? Mm-hmm. That's great. And you guys did a great job of iterating that over, you know, month by month, yeah. step by step. Totally, yeah. And still changes, though. We still learn. Now that it's the summer, we have a new bag that has a little kind of sticker, not really sticker, but it's in the bag, it's in the design that says that they melt at, you know, high, high temperatures, so please refrigerate them. You know, you're always learning now that we're learning from shipping them, which is like another side. Yeah, yeah, another challenge. Another yeah. challenge. Well, so that actually uh, brings to what I want to talk about, which is, which is sales, right? We've talked yeah. a little bit, but so you make the product and, and you go to market and you, you put it on, on uni kitchen shelves and we get to learn. Mm-hmm. That's one part of learning, but you have to be in other shelves, you have to compete against other markets and engage with other customers. What were kind of the first things or the first stores that you sold into? And I love hearing that story of your first sale. Definitely start local because that's always going to be a little nudge in your in your direction. And yeah, we got into Whole Foods pretty early on in our trajectory, mm-hmm. um, and and that pitch was very much like almost Shark Tank style of you're in a, an office room around a big table and pitching to a corporate team. And so uh, I think we practiced on you guys at Union Kitchen first, <laughs> yeah. made sure we, we were hitting all the things. And then, yeah, we, we got into Whole Foods, but that's really just the start, right? Because then you have to go one by one and, and pick off these um, the, each, each individual store. And so learning how to talk to buyers, learning how to even walk in and 
find out who the buyer is or, or even to know to ask for a buyer in general. Yeah. yeah. Those were all things that we, we learned. Um, as, as we, yeah. Yeah. Well, then you also were selling into other places like coffee shops. Oh yeah. Right? Compass Coffee. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. Uh, that night we were making the night that we got into compass uh, we we kind of remember that we were at the beginning of course we were making everything ourselves like including the bites so you're in the facility you're working you're at night we're just making one a.m it's one a.m you're pressing bites you're making them getting it done you're, you're working during the day yeah. that's right okay come in here at 6 p.m and stay until 2 a.m that was kind <laughs> of our schedule yeah, uh, and then michael from compass comes in and he's like what are those and we're like give him a sample and we're like we're just making these bites or keto boba and he happened to be into the keto diet yeah, at the time right. and he's like oh wow these are pretty good and you know when you meet someone that actually understands the struggle of getting something that tastes good mm-hmm. without sugar it's like love you know it's like yeah. i get it and he's like okay maybe we can sell these at compass and that's how we got into compass afterwards yeah. and we they've been great partners for us they were, yeah they do great in coffee shops and people love having a, a sweet snack with their coffee oh yeah it's so, perfect for that yeah. setting and it sells well um, and I love that story. There's a lot of questions about what Michael's doing at 1am. <laughs> <laughs> Here. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like when you're in a community and you're a network of people and, yeah. and to yeah. local, right? Yeah. Things don't happen in on the internet. Yeah. Right. Or they don't happen across the country. And I think that's one of the, the best ways as you're trying to get started, just the collisions that happen mm-hmm. within a, a local group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you're, you're in Whole Foods, you're in Compass, and you're you're growing this business as you're selling to retailers of all, all times. Yeah. Yes. And getting different feedback because the feedback that we would get from the coffee shops was not the same one as the one that we were getting from the grocery stores. That's and yeah. um but we quickly like we knew that we wanted to be um an e-commerce brand. So as soon as we thought that we were ready to kind of like you know launch our website we put like a like a plan on place like we draft our plan and we did decided to do the kickstarter to awesome. make that happen so you're selling in retail it's going well you're learning a lot and you see that there's this community that's just begging for the stuff yes. and they're not just here mm-hmm. they're not just going to compass and exactly. whole foods so e-commerce kickstarter kickstarter kickstarters are hard Oh gosh, so much work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah, all the work happens before you launch the Kickstarter. Before, during, uh, and after. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but a lot of work that we knew kind of the work that we needed to put into to make it happen, but I feel like it was more. Yeah, but um, yeah, we were using the Kickstarter kind of as, as like a proof of proof of validation that yeah. um, the people wanted there was it. a market for this beyond just our local retail community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were going to the Kickstarter very much with like an experimental mindset, but um, doing all the work that's needed to make something like that successful, all the marketing and, yeah. you know, um, leading up to it. And yeah, we, we were approaching that to say, we know this, this group of people out there, do we have a product that's going to solve a problem for them and that they're willing to, you know, split with their money for? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that was right at the beginning of 2019. Okay, so cool. we're about a year into um, yeah. this retail kind of 
uh, nights and weekends experiment that yeah. Rebel Snacks was at the time. So just to put the timeline back on that, so 2016, you guys are learning about keto. Yeah. 2018, you guys started this business, yeah. launch it, yeah. and you market, and then 2019, you turn it online. Yes. That's right. Nice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Awesome. Uh, and then the, the Kickstarter was a successful Kickstarter. We surpassed our goal, which was like a big kind of like affirmation yeah. for us. You know, you as an entrepreneur always like doubt yourself a lot. Like, I don't know. I feel like we were having a lot of moments. Yeah. Like, are we doing the right thing? Is like, is enough people believing in our idea or is all just us and our friends and family? Yeah. But oh. that was like a big, a big like high five, you know? And it's one of our proudest moments, bro. We just like... How work, how hard we worked on that and make it successful and actually surpassing the goal. And after that, we launched a website and we were able to maybe after three months start like actually receiving. We were always sold out after that because yeah. we didn't have the production capacity yeah. to you know sustain the orders after that. So that was like also a big learning experience. Like we're like, oh, now we have to do schedules for our employees because now, you know, we actually have orders coming every day. Before it was like, okay, we got a PO from these stores. Let's work two nights per week. Yeah. Make, you know, kind of like whenever we feel like and yeah. come to the kitchen, hang out. One shift will take us like eight hours to do what <laughs> we get now. We're doing like an hour. <laughs> yeah. But eventually we, we figure it out. And so sales grow, mm-hmm. which yeah. then drives the next set of challenges of how to manufacture and how to build and run a company. Like, it's not just you guys coming and, like, doing the thing at night yeah. you know, yourselves. It's, yeah. Holy crap, we have to, we have to put a plan it's, and hire yeah. people. It's need help us up. <laughs> yeah. help. We're, like, but Interestingly, as friends. we were preparing for Kickstarter, um, there's a lot of, like, you got to prepare a video. Yeah. You have to have content <clears throat> now to put on yeah. Instagram and all of that um, in order to market yourselves. and we had a friend who was a videographer and we always start with friends first when we need something. Yeah. Um, and they came to the kitchen uh, w- one of the nights that we were working yeah. to take pictures that we could upload for Kickstarter. And it turned out his wife also came with him and she was like, it looks like you guys like need an extra hand, like doing all these molds. Like, do you want me to just help you for yeah. a few minutes? We're like, that would be great. Like, thank you so much. And then fast forward like three months later, she and our videographer became our first two employees. Yeah. Um, so and we, we, we offered them the full-time great. job after a year. Like they were also going to their day job. And working uh, at night with you guys. And working at night from 6, 6 p.m. They were leaving at, at 11. Yeah. Because they were like, okay, we really value sleep. I, I don't know about you guys, but we do value our sleep, so we're living. And we will stay here and you know until 2 a.m. But eventually we were able to those were our two first hires. Yeah. So these these stories are kind of mirroring, right? That you, you develop a product kind of bit by bit. And then you uh learned how to make it bit by bit. Then you sold it bit by bit, little bits to more. Yes. And then you kind of build a team bit by bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, all right, let's go. Like, you know, first kind of main bites. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I kind of want to talk about like your manufacturing because you you were making this tabletop style, right? Yeah. And, and then you transitioned, and you can tell us about that. But from tabletop to batches to larger batches yeah. to now machines. Yeah. Well, cool. awesome. So let's talk about that manufacturing, that growth and iteration, because this I think is so scary for folks because everyone kind of understands the idea of selling and the internet and, and marketing mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of gets the idea of making 
product, man, everyone's so scared of manufacturing. So I'd love to kind of talk about how you went from, you know, making them at night on a table, like, you know, hand pressing them and where you are today, which is you're using some pretty awesome machines and you're making a lot of bites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, walk us through that, that journey. What are kind of like the major transformations you took from that tabletop to, you know, kind of continuous production? Yeah. So we started out making these in silicone molds. I think they're probably used to make like truffles. At home. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we've taken a very kind of piecewise approach to manufacturing. So it was always kind of like, what's the one next uh, small piece of equipment that we could do or get something made that will, will help kind of resolve a bottleneck and whether it's pressing the bites or packaging them or filling them with the nut butters in the middle. I and love that you're always trying to find the bottleneck. Yeah. Because that's the thing yeah. to solve. Mm-hmm. Right? What's the bottleneck? Let me solve that. Then what's next? Yeah. And then what's the next bottleneck? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for the first probably 18 months, or at least for the first year, we were we were pressing each bite by hand with these cocktail mudlers um, <laughs> in, in these silicone molds. And, yeah, and, like for making mojitos. Exactly, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, and everyone's arms would be very sore after every shift, and there was a no more. Like We had a hard limit on how many we could do, really because people was like, we're getting sore by the end of the shift. Um, and so we, we knew we had to figure that part out. That was an obvious one, like physically pressing our base into to form these yeah. bites. And so one of the kind of the, the, the first major upgrade that we had manufacturing wise and like equipment wise was transforming a um, like a pizza dough press into something that had this custom plastic mold on it with a little oh. cylinder kind of... Uh, pieces on it that matched the molds we were using. And so one press of this um, dough press was now doing 63 bites at a time, which is a huge upgrade from So going from from one one to 63, yeah. (laughs) Totally. Industrial revolution. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I had a friend from college whose family is in the plastic manufacturing business and he was able to make this like CAC, some sort of um, like removing plastic from a big block to create a custom molded awesome um, yeah. piece and so he was able to help us out with that we we got that in and like fastened it to this pizza press that we bought off ebay yeah um and that honestly it got us a, a long ways yeah um, we were running with that for at least a year yeah um and, and yeah increased our production capacity by you know 5x at least and then we um, got the filling was, machine yeah a little filling machine. A little filling machine that's, yeah, used to, I believe that's also in the truffle industry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think as you're going through this, you do have to kind of respect, like, the traditional industry, you know, how, what are pieces of equipment that people are using and how do you adapt that to your product? Yeah. yeah. So we've always kind of been trying to, to learn, you know, what's out there and then how can we adapt that to our product? Yeah. And so, yeah, the truffle industry, for example, has been one where there's been a lot of overlap and we were able to use some things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, fast forward to today. Um, it, we bought the machine. Yeah, early 2021, we, we purchased our first major piece of machinery. Um, it's a, called a co-extruder. And so it's um, taking the bites and the filling and basically forming these cylinders and cutting the bites at the perfect size um, and rolling off a conveyor belt right into our, yeah. our trays now, which is like 
amazing for us to see yeah. because we, in our minds, we have all these pressing each bite one by one. And so. Filling them and topping them. There were so many parts in the process and now gone. Press, press a button. Yeah. Sip beer. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, it's an amazing thing because... You had to go through all of those steps to really understand that you needed this machine yeah. to do it this way. Because yeah. if you guys were to buy a machine in 2018, who knows what you would buy? Oh well, Dave at some point was about to buy the sausage, the sausage made the machine. Oh right, machine. right, all right. <laughs> yeah, well, in our desperation to find like the right piece of equipment before we knew about you. Um, right on. Yeah, uh, we were like, okay, what can we adapt to our bites and you know, we were like so desperate, kind of, that we really wanted something soon. And they had the idea or something like that, like the sausage machine. Yeah, we were we were talking about getting two big extruders, yeah. one for the filling, one for the yeah. bite, the outer part, and combining together. And it, it was just a really expensive and kind of complicated Complicated, pro- yeah. Um, but we didn't know what we didn't know. Yeah. There's a lot of bad decisions we can make. Yeah, exactly. I know. And when we are iterative and go bit by bit, yeah. you can cancel those ones out and move closer to a better decision. I, That's I think you guys made a great decision with the Rayon machine because yeah. it's producing a, a better product. Yeah. No one's arms are sore, oh, yeah. I don't think. Um, you know, it's a lot of button pressing. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you, you're able to just make so much product and you yeah. can really grow the business with this solution. The challenge the with challenge. the machine though was adapting our recipe for the mm-hmm. handmade process to the machine made oh, process. Yeah. Completely different recipes. It took about a month to figure out the new recipe. And yeah, it's a lot of iteration and you know like the recipe never seems to actually hold steady for too long before we actually have to make new changes. Yeah. So it's like it's continuous here we go again. Yeah. Well I love know? that. And you guys are basically experts in like, you know, iterating and continually improving. Yeah. Because you've been doing it for, for years now. Yeah. yeah. Right? And you're confident. Yes. That you can figure it out. I love that. I think that's it. All right, so yeah, you guys are you're selling a whole bunch. You're you built a team of manufacturers and other folks. You have badass machine that allows you to grow significantly mm-hmm. and allows you to have a plan to grow even more from that, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where you're at. And then you know, you guys are you're raising money right now as well. Yes. Gotcha. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. That's a fun thing. So, what are you valuing the company at? At five million, three million. Cool. That's a that's a it's a good place to be. It's a great milestone. Um, very cool. So you're a five million dollar company. You've you've solved all these things. You have a great kind of trajectory um, for for the next year, two years to, to grow this. Yes. Be, you know, more than five million. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. I kind of want to talk about the things that you're most proud of. Like what's the big win? Mm-hmm. Then the other thing, I'm just like, well, it's been hard. Yes, that's kind of the point. Um, but what's been the most challenging thing? So let's start with the, which one do you want to start with, the win or the challenge? Let's start with the challenge. (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, well, for me personally, the biggest challenge is like the company goes from this, you know, side project that we're literally making them to now um, we have a manufacturing team and and people underneath us. Mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of like prioritizing what you're working on and that transition from inside of the business, you know, doing all the operations, all of the manufacturing to now um, kind of working on the business and growing sales and marketing and branding. Um, and there's so many things you can be doing yeah. and, and you have to narrow in on what's most important now and what's going to be moving 
the needle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a, you know, something that we meet regularly and talk between the two of us to try to guide each other into where should we be spending our time on right now? And, and yeah, it, it's something all entrepreneurs have and it, it's a good challenge to have and it's inevitable when your business kind of evolves over time. What's amazing, what made you uh, start the business has to transition to what makes you good at growing the business. Mm-hmm. And then that has to transition into what makes you good at really managing the business mm-hmm. and then you know building teams and working on the business. And those are so different. The amount you have to change as the business grows is is tremendous. It's yeah. fascinating. It's hard, and yeah. a lot of people struggle with that. I mean, everyone struggles with it. Yeah. And some people make it through the struggle yeah. and succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys done a great job of that. But it'll continue to be hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, biggest win. Yeah, biggest win. Okay. What are well, you most proud of? Uh, I feel like. One of our proudest moments was definitely getting into Whole Foods and Erwan. Like those two stores, as long as also with like the Kickstarter. I feel like those three actually gave us like the confidence that we needed in order to know and be sure that we were the right people to kind of like grow this business and that we actually had a good idea that many other people wanted. Yeah. And yeah, that that part because you know you always like doubting yourself and like, is this the right thing to do right now? And so that was very good that we were able to, to get that. Totally. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Well, I also think, I mean, like, it's, it's always impressive to be able to build a partnership and uh, go through those changes and maintain the relationship and be successful in the business, but also, you know, in life. So I think that's a pretty big one. You'd be proud of it. True. Totally. Yeah, that we're still together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going through the hard things. It's good. It's yeah. right. best, actually. Yeah, learning learning how to manage our time together as a couple and setting that aside with like how to manage our time as co-founders. You know, like sometimes that very is very mixed together and yeah. it's like part of like what we're learning and it's been it's been a fun thing. It's definitely challenging, but also you earlier asked me like, do you think you need like a partner? And I was kind of telling you that definitely I feel like having us having each other um, has made this so much better for us. Has made us like stronger. And um, I honestly don't know if either of us would have pursued this path by ourselves. Maybe yes, we don't know, but definitely having each other is like very important and it's something that we value a lot oh it's powerful and you guys have done great well thanks for chatting today i think this is an awesome conversation a lot to learn from it a lot of kind of lessons yes thank you you so much congrats on everything good luck on the next steps there's much more to do but uh, you guys are well positioned for it we're ready all right well thank you thank you thanks for listening to food founders if you like today's show please rate review and subscribe to our podcast We'll see you next time on Food Founders, stories from launch to scale.